my microphone is like on a low volume setting and it looks like I'm screaming on here. <laughs> well, you sound like you're screaming too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bitch! <laughs> <laughs> bitch! Bitch, 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 <laughs> Oh my God, what have you been up to? What's going on? Oh, girl, nothing much. I'm glad we, you know, finally got back to an uh, episode a week. That's an accomplishment on our part this feels right (laughs) yeah i was just looking can you believe that we are coming up on two years of doing this podcast next week will be our two Two year mark bitch i am so i am just in disbelief i was i was talking to somebody the other the other day uh, and I was like, yeah, I do this podcast. I was like, yeah, I think we've been doing it for about like a year. So I was like, wait a minute. No, that's not right. I was like, we've been doing this for two years. Two years, almost 100 episodes, four seasons. Honestly, this is <laughs> a, quite an accomplishment. And Seriously. not only that, but I know we've like had every other week for the past few weeks, but... That was like the first time we had done that aside from like our hiatus in between seasons. So we should give us ourselves a pat on the back because we have been fucking smashing it. Yes, exactly. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm definitely proud of us. I can't believe this thing that we thought of so off the top of our heads like you just kind of approached me like let's do a podcast i was like okay and we had no idea what we were doing and then two years later here we are this this episode is our two-year episode our mark but we're so off schedule we didn't even realize it because this comes out on friday june 2nd and our very first episode was published on june 2nd Whoa! Uh, oh my god! It was like a Wednesday, though. Crazy. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh! Our very well, first I episode mean, was uh, horror noir, and it came out yeah. June second, twenty twenty. Wow! Oh my god! Look at that! That is crazy. Well, I do think that it is completely appropriate that we are hitting our two-year mark because this week we are doing a double feature. Oh my god, it's science fiction. Ooh. <laughs> double feature. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> oh my god, yes. Uh, we are doing uh, Grindhouse, Death Proof, are, and we... Planet Terror. Yes, exactly. I'm so excited. I've been waiting to do these movies. Oh, these for have been on our now. list for two years <laughs> the fact now. That I can say years now is crazy. Yes. yes, this has been on it since the beginning. I've been wanting like you to watch it because you've never really. I know you said you realized you'd seen Death Proof, but yes. you've never seen Planet Terror. No, never. 
And I, when I watched oh Death goodness. Proof, I think I was in and out of it because there were a lot of parts that I was not familiar with. So uh, yeah. honestly, this was like my first time fully watching these movies. Whoa. Oh my God. I loved these movies so much. I wrote a paper on them in high school. What? I forget what the prompt was. I think it was probably... I don't know if it was like a critical review or something. Like we had to like write some sort of totally. review on anything. You pretended and they were books. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Like, the Grindhouse books written by R.L. Stein. <laughs> um, no, I I think we just had to write a review of some kind or some sort of critical analysis. And the movies had. I, I was a junior in high school. Um, I was really. Maybe I was a senior. I might have been a senior. Whatever. I basically, I was really obsessed with in these college, movies. And I, in college? In ne- college? Yeah, right. <laughs> Please, bitch. I'm not that old. <laughs> but basically, I wrote this paper, and my my teacher was very impressed and um, you know, gave me this glorious review and was like, wow, I'm really impressed at your ability to like analyze and review movies. And look where we are now, bitch. <laughs> yeah, we are the top critics of horror movies. <laughs> yes. Heavy. Well, I think that that was probably like my first attempt at ever, you know, analyzing a movie or, or you know, oh. doing pretty much what we do on this podcast, you know, ever. And so that was really my my movie critic Beginning. So that was tr- the true beginning of Fear the Talking Queers. There it was. Yes, back in 2007. Yeah. We used back to have this day. program in elementary school that was on the computer. And like after you would read a book, you would say what book you read. And then it would quiz you 10 questions. So yeah. I just, I don't know what it is. I honestly think I should be a drag queen or compete on RuPaul's Drag Race. Me and Jake and I were just talking about that before <laughs> the episode started. And um, because I love to compete. So I wanted to have the most books under my name. So I would watch movies oh, wow. that had books with oh, them. Bar-gon. And then I would go on there and I would take the test pretending that I had read the book. <laughs> oh my and God. And that was when I knew that I knew nothing about The Wizard of Oz. I was like, the book oh, really? is completely fucking different than the movie. That's hilarious. They're yeah, all, they're like, what's a quadruple? So I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah, they're like, what color were her shoes? Hmm? It's all red, silver, gold, or green. I'm like, uh, red. It's all uh, silver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm all, no, you're talking so about good, the bitch. Wiz. <laughs> Sorry, Diana Ross. I mean, written by. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> written by Diana Ross. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, we're not going to um, waste too much time on an intro because we got two movies we got to get to this week. So first up, we are diving into the world of Planet Terror, as that was the first one in the double feature Grindhouse uh, experience when you watched it in theater. So I think it's only appropriate to start with that one. Yeah. Start us off. All right. Everybody, this is Planet Terror. Hi, Joe. I'm going to give you a very strong anesthetic so you don't feel anything during the procedure. These are my friends. My yellow friend. It's just to take the sting. My blue friend, you'll barely feel. That means my yellow friend is already taking effect. See how fast my friends work? And after my red-headed friend, 
Planet Terror, released in 2007, written and directed by Robert Rodriguez. Showing up again on this podcast. Yeah, this has been quite the season for him. Between Stab (laughs) and uh, From Dust Till Dawn, it's been a ride with him. Exactly. Over the opening credits, Cherry Darling, played by Rose McGowan, works as a go-go dancer at a club. After crying on stage, she tells her boss Skip, played by Skip Racing, <laughs> who is, by the way, an actual strip club owner and not an actor. Wow. <laughs> she tells him that she needs to make a real change in her life and she quits her job. While walking home, several military trucks pass by her close enough that she throws herself into a bunch of trash cans. <laughs> she also gets several splinters in her thigh for her trouble. Foreshadowing. Leg trauma. At the military base, a couple of miles away from town, scientist Abby, played by Naveen Andrews, is threatening his incompetent employee Romy, played by Julio Oscar Machoso, for having lost three very valuable specimens. The price of failure is Abby's henchman cutting off Romy's testicles, which Abby keeps in a jar along with a collection of them from other victims. Lieutenant Muldoon, played by Bruce Willis, shows up wearing a gas mask. He asks Abby where the shit is, and Abby says that it's all there on the base, prompting a short gunfight. His men are shot to death by Muldoon's troops, and he again asks where the mysterious shit is. Muldoon's face starts to boil, and Abby says that it's all around them. He grabs a pistol and blasts a gas canister open, spreading gas everywhere. Some are unfortunately exposed instantly to the gas, melting into gooey messes. However, Muldoon and his men walk into the green gas and enjoy it while Abby escapes in a vehicle, not noticing one of Muldoon's soldiers is riding on top of the vehicle. The green mist spreads through the air. Meanwhile, Cherry stops at a rundown barbecue restaurant called The Bone Shack. A young woman named Tammy, played by Fergie Ferg. (laughs) Stacey Ferguson. Yes, national anthem songstress Fergie Ferg. (laughs) 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 Tammy arrives and asks the owner JT, played by Jeff Fahey, for some water for her car's overheated engine. Cherry goes to the dirty ladies' room where she cleans her leg wound and sits down in the restaurant where she's the only customer. After Tammy drives away, Ray, played by Freddy Rodriguez, a local mechanic, arrives in his truck. JT, obsessed with having the best barbecue in Texas and winning a local contest, tells Ray that he is celebrating his restaurant's 25th anniversary. Ray sits at Cherry's table, and the two converse, revealing Ray and Cherry have a history together, and she's wearing his jacket. They briefly talk about their past, and Cherry sardonically states that she's going to become a stand-up comedian. (laughs) Their flame for each other is clearly still there, and Cherry catches a lift with Ray. Dr. William Block, played by Josh Brolin, and Dr. Dakota Block, played by Marley Shelton. Yes! I love her. Wake up at 8 p.m. for their late shift at the hospital where they work. Through their window, they can see the eerie green mist. Dakota makes breakfast for her husband and son, Tony, played by Rebel Rodriguez, son of director Robert Rodriguez, and slyly texts her lover to pick up Tony, who will be with the babysitter. In the hospital where Bill and Dakota work, people with strange symptoms start arriving. The first one, Joe, played by Nikki Cat, has a bite supposedly half an hour old with an advanced stage of gangrene and bacterial infection. Dr. Felix, played by Felix Sabates, 
notes that he has seen similar wounds before in Iraq soldiers due to mustard gas. Joe's temperature is high, and when Block makes Joe open his mouth, he is startled that his tongue is infected as well. Block squeezes a boil, making it burst, and blood and fluid spurt onto his face. Oh my god. It's like a nasty ass zit. I know, but also that goo that comes out looks kind of like cherry syrup or something. It kind of looks tasty. Ew, you're gross. Is that just... (laughs) Is that just me? Definitely. (laughs) All right. The infection on Joe's arm is spreading, so he calls in Dakota and tells Joe that he's going to amputate his arm. Dakota has three needles and injects Joe with all of them, making him pass out. On the road, Tammy is listening to a radio broadcast dedicated to the memory of someone named Jungle Julia when her car breaks down near the military base. While trying to hitch a ride, she's attacked by the infected people called sickos, which I had no idea about until just now. Oh, I, I don't think they right. mentioned that. They made that up. They tell whoever wrote this, not us, made that up. <clears throat> Who tear her apart and drag her body off the road. Ray and Cherry see them dragging the body, but think it's just a dead deer. Ray says that it's best to run right through a deer if it's in front of you, because trying to swerve might cause you to crash. He's immediately startled by a sicko in the road and swerves, losing control of his truck. The truck rolls over until it's upside down and Cherry gets after him for swerving. He replies that it's just a deer in the road. Sicko suddenly grab Cherry and take her to the woods. Ray grabs a rifle and runs after her. By the time Ray catches up with them, the sickos have ripped off Cherry's leg and run off with it. Ray shoots the sickos, but they don't die. He puts Cherry in his truck and speeds off to the hospital. At the hospital, Cherry is barely awake when admitted. While Dr. Block asks Ray what happened, Sheriff Haig, played by Michael Bean, arrives with Deputy Carlos, played by Carlos Gallardo, and Deputy Tolo, played by Tom Savini. Back in action. How cute. I love him. (laughs) I love the (laughs) stupid character he plays in this, Tolo. (laughs) Haig is startled to see Ray due to an unexplained secret in his past and asks why he's carrying a rifle. Haig arrests him and more sick people show up. Block calls Dakota over and shows her Tammy's corpse, which also arrives. A doctor calls her a no-brainer since she's missing the back of her head and her brain. Dakota gets upset and cries in a room while Block follows her. He knows that Tammy and Dakota used to have a lesbian relationship and that they were going to run off that night. Block grabs one of Dakota's needles and stabs her hands with it, causing her hands to become numb. Before he can kill her, Block is called away by another doctor, but he first locks Dakota in the room. The other doctor tells him that all the dead bodies have disappeared from the morgue with a thick trail of blood leading away. At the police station, Ray is permitted to make one phone call where he has a coded conversation with someone on the other end. Ray asks about something called DC2 and asks more coded questions. Earl McGraw, played by Michael Parks. Oh my God. In our third film with him in it. Our third Earl McGraw film this season. Wow. Amazing. A local Texas Ranger, if we didn't already know, talks with Ray over his troubles and leaves for home to care for a sick wife who's dying from lung cancer. Sheriff Haig keeps asking Ray who he really is when he gets a call from his brother JT, who complains that there are two people loitering in front of his restaurant who aren't customers. Their conversation reveals that Haig owns the diner and is raising JT's rent due to his brother's refusal to reveal the secret barbecue sauce recipe. 
JT tells Haig not to bother coming over since the people are coming in, but it turns out the people are sickos and they presumably attack JT. Back with the sheriff, Deputy Tolo arrives angry about some maniac that he arrested at Skip's club that bit off his finger. When the cops go outside to investigate, they see that the sicko has escaped from Tolo's cop car. Carlos finds Tolo's ring on the ground, but no finger. As he gives Tolo his ring back, Carlos is bitten on the arm and attacked by the sickos. Before they react, Carlos is gruesomely torn apart and eaten by his attackers. Haig and Tolo shoot the sickos, but more show up. Haig and Tolo fight them off as Ray stays inside the station. Tolo is thrown against a car, but lives. More police officers, including an attractive female deputy, shows up and blasts away the sickos. <laughs> Ray breaks free from his handcuffs after saving Hang's life and tells him that he's going to the hospital to get Cherry. At the home of Earl McGraw, he feeds his virtually catatonic, cancer-stricken wife some soup. He looks away for a second, and when he looks back, she's turned into a sicko, and she attacks him almost instantly. Back at the hospital, more and more people are coming in with boils and infections. Dr. Felix and Dr. Block are unable to comprehend what's happening as Dr. Block walks down a hallway. He looks into a room where Joe has turned into a sicko and walks towards him with a surgical saw. Joe cuts Block's glasses, but the saw shuts off when he walks too far away from the outlet, pulling out the plug. Instead, Joe bursts a boil on his face and smears his blood all over Block's face, infecting him. Also, Cherry wakes up in a hospital and is depressed over her severed leg. (laughs) As anyone would be. As anyone would be. Dakota throws herself out of a window, landing in a trash pile outside the hospital. She goes to her car, but her hands are still numb. She puts her hand through the handle on her car door and kicks the door open, but loses her balance and falls, breaking her left wrist. Dakota gets into the car and puts her keys in her mouth, then drives off and runs into a lot of cars. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, That's one way to put it. (laughs) As she leaves, Ray and the cops show up. Ray tries to grab a gun, but is stopped by Haig. Instead, Ray grabs a couple of butterfly knives out of the truck's glove compartment and runs into the hospital as the cops fight the sickos outside. Tolo accidentally shoots a hospital patient wandering around after mistaking him for a sicko. Ray enters the hospital and finds total mayhem has taken over. The infected corpses and injured are chasing and attacking both doctors and patients, ripping them apart and eating them. With his two butterfly knives, Ray, like a professional fighter, charges into the carnage, brutally stabbing, slashing, slicing, and dicing all the sickos in his path. He eventually makes it to Cherry's room, where she's hiding under a sheet, playing dead. He tells her to come with him as the hospital is now on fire from the mayhem, but she can't walk. Ray tells her to suck it up and breaks a leg from a table, shoving it into Cherry's stump. Cherry awkwardly walks with Ray through the hospital as he protects her from the sickos. They make it to his truck and drive off, hoping to make it to JT's place. Meanwhile, at Dakota's house, the crazy babysitter twins, played by Electra Avilan and Elise Avilan, talk on their cell phones with their boyfriends while Dakota's son plays with his pets, which include a spider, scorpion, and a turtle. Dakota, looking exhausted and disheveled, comes home, and the babysitter twins get angry at her because her friend didn't show up to take her son on time. Dakota kicks them out of her house and tells her son that they have to leave, but before they do, he takes every pet he has with him. While Dakota and her son Tony are in their car, the crazy babysitter twins attack them with shovels and smash the windshield. She speeds off, causing one of the twins to land hard on the ground. Dakota drives to Earl McGraw's house and gives her son a pistol. She tells him that if anyone other than her comes to the car, he must shoot them in the head like in his video games. He asks what if it's his dad? 
And she tells him, especially if it's your dad. Before he leaves, Dakota tells him to be careful or he'll shoot his own face off. As Dakota walks to the house, she hears a gunshot. She runs to her car to find that her son accidentally shot himself in the head. Her grief is interrupted by Block showing up, having turned into a sicko. He holds her by the hair, but she rips herself away from him, grabs her dead son, and knocks on the front door. Earl, who is revealed to be Dakota's father, lets her in. It is apparent from an axe that he's holding and from blood spattered all over his inside walls that he has killed his infected wife. Oh. Let me... Oh, my goodness. Say right away. I love the style of these movies. I love that they use old title cards in the beginning and try to make all the logos look retro. But not your friends at the Weinstein Company. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. Gag me with a spin. Your friends at the Weinstein Company? Please. Your rapists at the Weinstein Company? Yeah, seriously. Disgusting. Oh, my God. Rose McGowan looks amazing. She has never looked better than this movie. She is banging. Beautiful, beautiful. The red lips, the winged eyeliner, the dark hair, and just like the costuming. ivory skin. Oh, she is so hot. She looks so hot. And I love that her name is Cherry. I think that's just the (laughs) cherry on top. (laughs) The cherry on top of the cherry. Yeah, see, like, I know for you. Okay, well, obviously, we love Scream. We love love Rose. Exactly. But I know that you love Jawbreaker. And like, other than Scream, I know that you would probably consider like that your Rose McGowan movie. Yeah. This is my Rose McGowan movie. This is the movie that I like. I fully fell in love with her. I thought she was so amazing. I used to have, there was like a Rolling Stone uh, spread that they did for this movie. With her and Rosario. Yes. Yes. And I used to have that picture of them on my wall. It was so hot. And they were like, they were like, Dirty and like kind of like in military. Yeah, with like know. the gun. Uh, yes, like the, the gun the, stuff. The bullet. Uh, yeah, the, the bullet yeah, belt or whatever across them. Yes, I actually I was know. thinking about using that for our hotties post. Like easy. Oh, easy. Have we? We haven't used Rose yet, have we? No, we haven't used Rose, oh, and we've never done a Rosario movie. So yeah, this is it. There we go. One from each. Period. There we go. We love it. Oh my god, it's such a hot picture. It's such yeah, a hot I picture. Used to have that she on my actually wall. hates like, it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she does. <laughs> She's like, I hate that picture of me. But we're gonna do it justice for our hotties post. She's probably because I bet it's probably like heavily edited and you know her. She's kind of like a kooky person now. So um, yeah, I can see why she probably hates it. She probably thinks it's exploitative. Yeah, I don't think she thinks it's it reflective is. of her as a performer. But she looks fucking hot. She looks fucking sexy, and so I'm I, I'm into it. There's oh, there's one of uh, her and Rosario arm wrestling. That's the one I had on my wall. Oh, okay, it's also very sexy. And they're hot. They look so hot, but she looks amazing in this movie. And honestly, she gives a fantastic performance in this. I think she's so funny and charming, but also so badass and heroic. And um, I just love the character of Cherry Darling. I think that she is such a hero. Yeah, she's great. I I was like, wow, she really is giving quite the performance. I actually wrote in my notes that I think that this is the best performance I've ever seen Rose McGowan give. 110% 110% it is. And what's funny is that I think I wrote that in the death proof section. <laughs> <laughs> I 
But this was even better because I watched them out of order. This is by far, I think, Rose's best performance. You know She's what? Great I, in this. I think I've probably seen her on Charmed, and I'm sure she was fine on that. But this is like movie star quality. Oh, yeah. Dancing when she says oh. useless talent number 12. I'm like, girl, this is a very useful talent. Yes, hello. She was giving me life in that in this opening. Oh my god, whipping her hair, licking her reflection. Oh yeah, she's so So cute. So good, so good. Yeah, I love it. I love and I love love her like I love Cherry's arc. You know, it almost reminds me a little bit of like a Buffy arc, where it you know this go go dancer would turn out to be such a hero. Yeah. You know, it's like gives like it's given power to that the girl that nobody respects. You know, or Buffy yes. was like, you know, a, a the dumb cheerleader who was given some sort of, you know, superpower to save the world. In this, it's like, you know, somebody who people don't respect like a go-go dancer or a stripper, ha- you know, becomes more than she is, and I think that is such a cool storyline. It is. It is a really cool storyline, and I totally get the Buffy sort of, like, idea yeah. in that. Yeah. Like, the the average girl's given, you know, power to rise above, and I think that's so hot. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just love her. The way she looks in this, I just love it. Oh, my God. Classic. I- She's such a classic beauty. What's going on with Bruce Willis? Oh, I know. But I think he's sick. Is he? Oh, God. Oh, my God. Look, hold on. Oh, wait. No, I did see that. He is sick. Yeah, rumor was she said something about him being sick. Oh, no. That he's like, his career is probably over. He has, he's, he had, he has been diagnosed with aphasia, which is a neurological disorder, and he has to step away from acting. I wonder if that, like, severely affects your motor skills or something. Maybe he can't, like, speak as clearly or... Oh, God, that's so tragic. He's such a staple of of American cinema. I know. I was happy to see him in this. I just think that he is so handsome. So I was yeah, happy to see I me- him. I remember his involvement in this movie was a secret. It was, like, such a reveal when he came out. People were it, like, oh, It kind of seems God. that way. Yeah, I remember the, the, the theater gasping and be like, oh my God, Bruce Willis is in this. When he comes out and he, he's all you know menacing and he stops and he goes, where's the shit? And people are like, oh yeah, that's, just, that's awesome. Badass, bruh. Yeah, badass. What a funny line. You know? <laughs> I know. Well, I, I wish the best of luck for, for Miss Bruce Willis. We love you. I know. I love you. And, um... It's brutal. But so are these gunshots in this movie. They are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is like these people are holding some hand cannons. Like anytime anybody is shot in this movie, it is like an explosion. Yeah. Blown to smithereens. But but I kind of like that. It's so it's so exaggerated. It's so over the top and ridiculous. And this world um, that Robert Rodriguez created in this movie is just so ridiculous and drama and. There's just theatrics and foolishness, and it's so good. Yeah, it's just like, and it really encapsulates like what Grindhouse was. Like Grindhouse was like, you know, taking these sort of mature subject matters or things that people didn't really want to, um, you know, talk about too much, like sex and violence and, 
me all these things and then just exploited them. And they like ran at these like really grungy, kind of scary, dilapidated theaters. And you kind of were like, Quentin Tarantino says that you were kind of taking your life into your own hands when you were going to go see these movies. Yeah. But you did it for the love of cinema. Exactly. This movie really leans into that between like, you know, the horror aspects are so exaggerated, but then like the, the exploitation of, you know, sex and, um, all, all these things all sort of live in this movie as well. And right. uh, I think that they, they really nailed the style. I mean, this movie, uh, less like death proof death proof really feels like it belongs in another time. But, um, I still like think with like, you know, the film scratches and everything, oh, yeah. and it just, it just looks fantastic. And, it really um, does. It's so enjoyable. And this is um, extremely exploitative in the beginning with all of these, yeah. this talk about strippers. balls. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> strippers making out with each other. Like. Yeah, it's like, right. I, I wouldn't yeah, expect duh. anything less. I know exactly. It's such like a such like a teenage boy fantasy movie. You know, he was just like, well, that's what I always feel like. Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino are giving. They're always giving like loser boy who fantasy like what they would desire. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, we're gonna make the strip club scene, and in the backstage of the strip club, we're gonna have two hot strippers like making out. Because why not? Right. So hot, so fucking hot, so fucking hot. <laughs> Did you grab your balls and they started showing like the little ballies? <laughs> like, oh my jars? god, I know. I grabbed the mine little like ballies. Ah. <laughs> oh my gosh, they kind of look like I don't know, like acorns or something. Like oh, well, look, you cook the, they were kind of with big them. in there. I was like, there's a few. I was like, big damn. melon ones. I'm like, those are. Um, like, are you familiar with Antonio Biagi? No, who's that? He's a porn star and he has enormous balls. <laughs> they were in that great. jar, girl. <laughs> there we go. All right, he he crossed Miss um, Miss Abby or whatever his name is and uh, got his balls lopped off. That is also such it. like a stupid teenage boy thing too. Yeah, it's like yeah, and you know what he does? He cuts off their balls. Oh, oh bro. Yeah. Bleh. I'm yeah. sitting there like. Ew. Um, Ew. Like, can I see them first? <laughs> can I see them while they're still attached? This, yeah. Can I? Can they hit my chin? Um, so this, this <laughs> they gr- gotta get on my mouth first before you can cut them off. <laughs> <laughs> the green mist. <clears throat> I was like getting fog vibes. Oh yeah. Okay, for sure. Yeah, and I the, the green mist, yeah, like going through the air. It's sort of infecting the small little town. Yeah, I de- definitely see a little inspo from the fog, right. which kind of feels like a B movie in itself. Even though it's a, you know, it's a John Carpenter film, it still feels kind of like a B movie. And so I can totally. see like some inspiration there. Yeah, from those um, cheesy like seventy late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, just foolishness. Yeah. Um, one thing that Robert Rodriguez did say was that he, um, what he noticed from like Grindhouse films from the past was that they did sort of comment on current political issues and they like mm. exploited them. Yes. And so that was his idea for this movie, which is why so much of it is t- um, centered around the conflict in Iraq, <laughs> is because the war that's in what Iraq. the. Yeah, the war in Iraq, like 2007, we were still in a Bush presidency. Like, we were, that was like the topic of conversation. So he pretty much took that, that, 
political topic or that current event topic and exploited it by making it into this like over the top ridiculous infected zombie apocalypse kind of film caused by the Iraq war and the military you know occupancy there wait what wasn't Obama already president in 2007 no he got elected in 2008 oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I know, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) No, we were still in a Bush presidency when this movie came out. Oh, my God. No Obama yet. Right at the end of it. Um, There is a huge star in this that I was so surprised to see, other than Bruce Willis, not as Mm -hmm. Fergie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, how did she, why did she end up in this movie? You know who I would have preferred to see in this role? Because it's so, it's not even a role, hardly. It's just like a cameo. Um, okay, okay, but but 2007. Who? Okay, let me guess who you're thinking of. Okay. Give me a hint. Um, scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> scary movie with Shannon Elizabeth. No. Oh well, that kind of would have been. Yeah, sure. But no. Um, Carmen Electra. Oh, yeah, Carmen would have been great. She would have been great, right? Oh, because I love, like, this opening where she, uh, for her where she's, you know, twisting some shit under her hood and he's like, got everything yeah. all right? And she's like, it's just a stripped radiator cup or cap. 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 <laughs> cap. cap. You're looking at her, at her cups, her yeah. D-cups. It's just my D-cup-sized bra. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, not a stripped radiator cap, girl. I know. I love that. She's like a... She's like a hot lesbian who knows, um, you know, car mechanics. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of hot, I also think JT is hot. Stop it. I think the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So do you remember the post that I put for, um, I think it was during our From Dust Till Dawn week. And I put all the hot people that were in the show Aza Gonzalez, you know, Demi Lovato was in it, Wilmer Valderrama, and I put him in there because I was like, he's smoking hot. He's hot. He has those, like, gorgeous blue eyes. Oh, my God. You can go swimming in them. Yeah, seriously. I just want to get lost in the waters of his eyes. He's like... blue waters. He's like... Yeah, the cool blue waters of... uh, What's his name? (laughs) Jeff... Jeff Fahey is Jeff Fahey. Jeff Fahey. The cool icy blue waters of his eyes honestly yeah. he like I'm watching this I was like turn I don't know what it is about him but he was just turning me on and I was like yeah, this he- is totally my subconscious trying to look for a daddy like yeah totally he has like he's like kind of silver daddy mm. with blue eyes scruffy he's kind of he probably smells bad but he looks like he has like some that's like, what I like about nice him nice arms and, yeah, yeah. Blue, blue collar man beautiful smile he has such a nice smile yes like, yeah he was definitely he, he was given it to me I would have walked movie. into that restaurant I would have been I've like I always thought that can I taste your meat <laughs> yeah, oh my god. Can I have your sausage link? I heard this was the bone shock. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, I always thought he was hot. I don't know why. And I think the guy that plays his brother is also very hot. That plays the sheriff. Uh, They're yeah. both so hot. That's cute. Like, I was like, Jeff can I is sm- like, but- when they're like dying at the end together, I'm like, oh, that was kind of hot. Between? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's honestly between these two movies, there are a lot of hot people. Like the they're entire so, cast could be hot, literally. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe grindhouse movies were known for exploiting hot people. 
who yeah. couldn't act and whatever. But I mean, everybody in these movies are pretty sexy, I will say. Yeah, because then we meet the doctors, and Josh Brolin oh, yes. is another one that I would totally yeah. just fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanos daddy. Yeah, he looks great. Oh, yeah, he's so hot. And so is Marley Shelton. She looks amazing oh my in this. She looks so good. This is, a, again, be- I-, I love Deputy Judy. I love her, and I love Valentine, but this is by far 100% Marley Shelton's best performance ever. Oh, hands down. All four of them. Yeah. <laughs> hands down. She yeah, looks yeah. amazing, and her acting has never been better. Especially oh, the moments of tension. Uh, oh, she's so she good so in them. so good. I don't, like, ugh, she needed more opportunities. Like, how do people not watch this and, like catapult her to even bigger stardom because she's so fantastic in this and she's so she's so game well i think people sometimes thought they were casting her and it was heather graham oh right of of course of course yeah i know that's what it was but i'm so glad that marley got it with those big ass blue eyes and the poster with like the running mascara yes it's like it's just like so perfect yes but i will say joey goes is that anna ferris (laughs) I was going to say that, too. I was going to say, I think, you know, when they think they're casting Marley, they're Heather Graham. And I was going to say, or Anna Ferris. And <laughs> yeah. you just took the words right out of me. There you go. I was like, not Anna Ferris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I mean>, kind of. <laughs> Can you imagine if she was in this? This would be a completely different yeah. interpretation. Oh, no. What's going on? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I caught the um some red apple cigarettes in here, girl. Okay, yeah, we get a lot of, you know, the the usual suspects from all of the QT and RR movies showing up. The Red Apple Cigarettes. We got, um, what else shows up? Big Kahuna is mentioned a lot in both of these films. Yes, you're right, you're right. El Rey. El Rey, <laughs> I told you. Yeah. I told you, I said, remember El Rey from From Dust Till Dawn, which yes. is like their destination right that they're supposed to be going to yeah is El Rey. the safe haven then, for criminals yes and guess who shows up in this movie el, el Rey. Rey, played by freddie rodriguez who yes. is so cute <laughs> he's so adorable he's like pocket sized but very <laughs> cute very cute does he have a relation to robert rodriguez i hope a sexual one <laughs> Ooh, i'd like to see that has he been i don't know i mean probably i'm sure I wonder if he's ever been in anything else that Robert's directed. Mm. Maybe. He's so cute, though. I remember him. He was an ugly Betty. Um, there- oh, I remember him in this horrible movie. Oh, good. Called Havoc, starring Anne Hathaway. Have you seen this movie? Hey. And Bijou Phillips. No. Where she, she played... This is, like, right after Princess Diaries, and she was, like, I think trying to do, like, the I'm a serious actress thing. Oh, and she does this horrible movie where she plays, like, this rich white girl. Wow, who, what a stretch. Who, her and her friends all, like, pretend, I don't want to say pretend, but they all try to act like they're, like, gang members, like, thugs, like, oh, with, with, the, with no. these, like, horrible, like, offensive accents, like. like Was this a drama? To, like, Yes, it's a 100% drama. And basically what happens is that, you know, her, she gets involved with actual gang members. Like when Freddie Rodriguez plays like this Latino gang member in East LA who like ends up like, I don't know. It's crazy. Killing her? No, but they end up 
R wording her best friend and like Bijou Phillips and it's like crazy and it's a horrible movie and Anne Hathaway shows her tits in it and says the n-word so woo <laughs> oh this sounds tragic <laughs> it is tragic so if you're ever interested go watch Havoc starring <laughs> Anne Hathaway uh, <laughs> Jake's least favorite actress in Hollywood um, um literally I love this first interaction with El Rey and Cherry when we're establishing them and their relationship. Yeah. And there's this really great line that I was like, I need to use that. Um, There's a difference between being Frank and being Dick. (laughs) Being Dick. (laughs) (laughs) So good. good. I love it. Yeah. And I love that they, they're like, they have this like tension. She's this sexy go-go dancer who, who's lost her way. And he's like this mysterious drifter. Who, you know, they just happen to meet at this diner and reconnect. And, we, you know, I like that there's so much backstory to this movie for these characters. Like, every character yeah. has so much backstory that we, like, have no idea about. We're, like, we're, we're constantly catching up. Yes. Because there's it, there, there are a it, lot of layers. There's a lot going on. It's, like, yeah. the thing with the rent and the ribs and the this yes. and the, I'm, like, what the hell? Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, they're such like a, a cute little couple, you know, badass and then the sexy go-go dancer. I, I know. It. I love, okay, I really love this in movies. I've seen it now in, uh, well, okay, it's in a lot of movies. Uh, this is so stupid. <laughs> okay, where like there's a couple and they're kind of like edgy. So, okay, right away my two references are this movie and Carrie, the 2013 version. Um, right. Where we have these characters and they're wearing black leather jackets cherry mm-hmm. and el ray and also in carrie it was chris and billy and they have dark hair i don't know what it is about that <laughs> but it's like seeing two characters oh. in black jackets with black hair i'm like there's some kind of like strength in that i don't know what it is but period all right no i love yeah you're right that's true that's a very strong yeah i wanted to make sure i i called that out um for this movie (laughs) i'm glad you did i'm glad you did it's a you know an important topic to bring up (laughs) (laughs) and i love that like cherry like i know we kind of mentioned it before but i love that her thing is like about all of her useless talents i love when she brings up her useless talents and it's like a sort of a running thing for her character is that she feels like she has all these things that she's good at, but none of them are useful. And to be honest, I relate. I feel like I'm constantly saying, like when, especially when people ask me, like, or they're so impressed by my knowledge of movies and pop culture and things, I'm constantly saying, you know, it's just like, just like a useless talent. People always tell me, no, 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 it's amazing. But I always, <laughs> yeah. I've always been like, yeah, I mean, I guess, but what is it actually good for? And so, you know, I relate to Miss Cherry. I do. Yeah. Because really, those useless talents are her strengths. That's really poetic. And I honestly, I relate to that too. Because somebody at work the other day called me a jack of all trades as a um, compliment. But that's not a compliment. Jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, oh, I don't remember that last part of it. Yeah, it's jack of all jack trades, of all trades master means of you're good at everything. You're good at everything, but you're uh, not a, a master, master at any one of them. thing. Yeah, I don't. Fuck I, you, Carol. Just I kidding. know. Well, Chloe, no, I'm just kidding. It wasn't her. I have a co- co-worker <laughs> named Cheryl, but that was her that said that. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like, we jack of all trades. I was like, bitch, you got me fucked up. No, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I never thought of that as being an insult, but I guess maybe you're right. I know. So moving on to the to the doctor and his yes, wife, which yes. we kind of talked about a little bit, um, but their relationship is so so tumultuous. It's like yeah, it's like, and you can feel the tension, and they obviously aren't. This is who I'm relating to. Separating. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh my. Which one are you, Josh yeah. Brolin or Marley? Um, Marley. I'm the victim. Oh, okay. No, you know, <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking. Um, You're a lesbian. How fierce <laughs> would it have been if one Halloween, when we were actually like together all the time, that we would have went as Cherry, and, Cherry and Dakota, and Dakota? Are you kidding me? I was literally thinking that. I was looking at the, um, you know, on the streaming service, whatever that I was having. You had a picture, and it was them sitting on the motorcycle. It's like you know that picture of. Of yes. Rose and then uh, Dakota or Marley's on the back, like hugging her from behind. I was like, "That's me and Frankie." Literally, we have pictures like that from like <laughs> Pride and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, what? We never have dressed up as them this year. Let's do it." <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have a gun yeah. for a leg. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So I I did look up like costumes i was like somebody's had to done have done cherry darling totally and people have made it people have made it work i don't know how they like i think they like wrap like white bandage around their leg and then just stick a gun on the front i don't know they they figured it out oh okay or like a or like a or like a black thing on their leg and then put a gun on top of it i don't know yeah but you better be ready to wear that bra and that little skirt Oh, I my body is ready, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> By October, it will be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be wearing my my blue silk my chemise. Yeah. Yes, with just raccoon mascara all <laughs> yes. over your eyes. Exactly, <laughs> and holding a dead body. <laughs> yeah. No, the nurse costume. Oh yeah, that's the cute one. The nurse costume is the one that you have to wear. Because so, okay. with the different colored uh, syringes, uh, syringes. Oh my god, uh, a little gun. Uh, my friends. Yeah, so, so good. Cute. And they're almost in the shape of dicks. Oh. You know what? You see what you want to see. Did you notice that? No. Are they in the shape of dicks? They're like, I'm like syringes. Don't look like this. They have two holes for your fingers, for like your index and your middle finger oh, to push with oh, your I thumb. See. I feel like, okay, I feel like this is like, I feel like they're retro looking. I feel like this is how syringes used to look like back in the day. I feel like there's something retro about these ones, right? Maybe. I feel like I've seen that with like the two holes where you put your fingers in that look like balls. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's like a, like an old timey syringe. Maybe she's a little retro. Maybe. (laughs) I think they chose them because they look like dicks. Well, yeah, that's why we would choose them. Yeah, and Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, they would totally yeah. choose the same thing. <laughs> they would. They're like, I kind of like them because they look like dicks. Yeah, I, you know, I, ooh, ooh, I, I think that they should have the ones with the round. Oh my god, <laughs> that's who we really should be for Halloween. <laughs> you could be Quentin Tarantino, and I'll be Robert Rodriguez. Perfect. 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 I love it. Um, so yeah, the, so we have this like crazy hospital scene where we are starting to see these people come in who are infected. And I was like getting a little triggered. 
I was like, oh my god, look at all these people who are infected. <laughs> I was, and you know what? The first thing I thought was, what? Was like, why is nobody? No, why is nobody wearing a mask? Isn't that crazy? Wow. This is where we are now. Yeah. I can't even watch a movie where people are sick in a hospital and think, where the fuck are the masks? Yeah. They're not following CDC th- guidelines. Yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> but don't you think that would... I mean, I don't know if that would stop this infection, but it might have helped. <laughs> I think I would have just tried everything. I'd be like, yeah. give me the hazmat suit. There's pussy boils everywhere. Like, uh-huh, I don't want to be around that. Oh my oh. god, welcome to the stage, Pussy Boils. <laughs> yeah, Pussy Boils. And then they bring in a fucking Fergie's body. She has no oh brain. God. No brainer. <laughs> That's really funny too. That's I love those EMTs. Those EMTs make choices in this movie. Like the girl one and the guy one. One severed limb when they bring in Cherry. <laughs> that, that, that female one she's so funny and then the other one the guy that's not Andy Sandberg, like they oh. <laughs> just they just make such big choices in this movie they're so funny I like both of them a lot I don't remember so them. dramatic really there's like yeah when they're like they're like showing and they're like so uh I don't know they're like going through the bodies and they get to cherry and they're like one severed limb and the music's all dramatic mine it's just like really funny <laughs> and really good oh my god so then we get like more of that kind of Iraq stuff. I know it's kind of it's weird, um, but like when <laughs> the doctor, when Doctor Block, when Josh Brolin is like examining the guy, and then the other doctors like looking at pictures of, of you know, infections that have also happened in Iraq that he s- says are similar. I think we're supposed to equate them like, oh, this is like this gas originated from like the Iraq War. Anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Okay. I can. I can see. Not. That. I mean, it's not important in the you know in the grand in, scheme of things. In the but, grand scheme. Yeah. Right. But right. again, it just lead. It just like reiterates that like current event thing that Robert Rodriguez was was doing. Yeah. And I think that this is kind of a clever way to put it out there in a in an exploitation film. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it. The, this is where it really starts to get just like gross like the things that he just shows so <laughs> bluntly like that blister pop that literally oh. made me cringe I literally went oh oh I know it's so gross but then you think like do you know what this is fun like this is obviously so over the top and ridiculous you just kind of lean into it and you're like yeah I want more I want more blood I want more goopy melty people like I was like I like live for it I think it's so funny I don't know why because it's so ridiculous it is so ridiculous and I love okay we were talking about the syringes the doctor uses it on her hands to yes and they become numb so then when she's trying to escape the hospital (laughs) (laughs) it's so good it's so good and she starts to car with her teeth (laughs) apparently Marley has hyperflexible wrists so all of that was done by her. She was like, really, she can do that with her wrists. So she just let her wrists dangle. And so that moment, which I think is so hilarious and so cringy, is when she's like sticks her hand in the car door to like open it. And then her heel breaks and she falls and like breaks her wrist. Ow! Like that was, her wrist was able to actually bend that far. And so... Ew! Look at that going back to those useless talents do you ever think that marley ever thought she'd be able to use that to her advantage 
She's like, hey, I know. And then I could fall and break my wrist, but it won't be a practical effect. It'll actually be me. Because look what I can do. Uh, she bends her hand all the way back to her fucking Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, great. That, and that's how Jamie King lost this role. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There it is right there. Answer my own question. What does she have that I don't have? Flexibility. And she's like, ew. ew. The whore. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, but my legs are over my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, not her legs, her wrists. Oh, yeah. Silly. Uh, oh, 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 oh. I can do hand stuff too. <laughs> Oh my god, sorry not to suggest that Jamie King would ever do that. No, they are I feel like these are class acts, like they don't need to do yes, that. I feel like Jamie King is everybody's best friend on Instagram. I feel like every single celebrity I've ever seen has posted some sort of selfie with Jamie King saying that she's like the greatest human that's ever existed. She so, probably is, yeah. Good for Yeah, her. she wouldn't good. let no producer take advantage of her <laughs> or do any of this for a role in a movie. Absolutely not. <laughs> that's right, exactly. So um, hell is breaking no. loose. And <laughs> oh, yes. Things are exploding left and right. Cherry's leg is off. <laughs> it's so good. getting outrageous. That Okay, but when she gets... This is one of my favorite moments of this whole movie is the scene when they get in the car crash because they have this whole long conversation about swerving away from deer. Yes. And then immediately <laughs> swerves out of the way when somebody's in the middle of the road. And they this whole car crash happens and it tumbles and tumbles and they're hanging upside down and you kind of look and you kind of think that maybe she's dead and she's hanging there and he's like, Jerry, Jerry. And she goes, I thought you said when you see a deer you shouldn't fucking swerve. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And Honestly, I love lines I, like I that, that for her because she yeah. delivers them so well. I honestly think Cherry Darling had a future in stand-up comedy. I really do. I do, too. I don't know how many laughs there would be, but I feel like people would walk out of there going, that was actually really brilliant. She was hot. (laughs) (laughs) I think Cherry is brilliant. She's a brilliant funny person yeah she's and she doesn't great. even she doesn't even realize it she's like everybody tells you i'm hilarious and i've already booked shows in town yeah what am i supposed to do <laughs> He's but, like, you're not funny <laughs> well i love what also like after her leg gets torn off and she ends up in the hospital i love that she's playing dead under the sheets oh i know like she's hiding oh my god i know it's like and and there's a weird costuming thing i don't know she comes into the hospital in one outfit and then there's a scene in between where she like wakes up and notices her legs gone and she's like really devastated and then you have that shot of her where her foundation white tears are like streaming (laughs) down her face it was like johnny depp and crybaby yeah, like exactly. hot glue yeah. tears. Yes. <laughs> I was like, did they mean to do that, or was she just really wearing that much foundation? I think they. I meant. don't know. I well, I don't know. I mean, maybe she pancaked that that clown white on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, it there was it set, honey. It was set. Yes, it, and in that scene, she's wearing like some sort of gray hospital gown, but it's like really, really sexy and fitted. And then the next scene, when he finds her under the sheet, she's. She's back in that other outfit. I'm like, you're telling me she changed back into that go-go outfit in the midst of all this with no leg? There are a lot of things like that, like continuity errors that I feel are definitely not an oversight. Like, that was intentional. Yeah, Yeah. There has to be. I mean, oh my gosh, so many ridiculous things happen editing-wise in this movie that are on purpose. And it's Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. Like, they pay attention to the deeds. Yeah, for sure. So, and then we also have, like, the cops... 
and the cops are great. I love, um, you know, Hay, you know, the sheriff. I think he's so hot. And then, but Tom Savini is so funny as Tolo in this, who plays like the incompetent cop who like shoots all the wrong people. Yeah, I think that's such a that's such a funny character. Deputy Dewey, Doofy. Yeah, I, I love that scene when he gets to the hospital <laughs> and you know chaos is going on. They're all shooting all this like the sickos or whatever, and he Dude. turns around and shoots that old man who has who has like the the rolling <laughs> IV. Yeah. And they just like roll their eyes. They're like, "Oh, Tolo, he's like yeah. such a fucking fool." Typical, typical. But um, I don't know. I think Tom Savini is great in this, and I'm sure he probably added a lot to the special effects team, which is why it's so gross. For sure, Greg Nicotero's in there also fucking shit up. So, yeah, yeah. that's why the effects they do really look great. The gore in this is really great. Oh yeah, um, it's it's amazing and over the top. We love. Oh, that. part of it is that wooden table leg going into Cherry's stump. <laughs> I love the way she's walking with it too. When oh, she's I running. Know. Wait for me, like god damn it. <laughs> she, she's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love how God. she's like just got her leg ripped off, but yet she's fully walking on a peg leg. Like she's oh, running from zombies. Oh, she, yeah. Hey, you know what? She she learns quickly. She's adaptable. Robert Rodriguez's son looks like Every kid in every '80s movie ever made. Literally, yeah. He looks like um, what's his name from Child's Play? Andy. Yeah, he looks like Andy. But he also looks like the kid from uh, The Shining. Oh yeah, they all look the same. <laughs> They're they all, all that the same. like bowl bowl haircut. <laughs> yes. This is kind of a devastating moment. I don't think I've really ever seen anything like this in a movie. <laughs> oh no, where is where she gives the gun to her son? Yes, and <laughs> oh it's like God, it's, it's so like shocking, but it's it's weird because it is played for a laugh, but it is so shocking. It's You're played like, for oh, a laugh, my God. <laughs> but also, it it is a warning because you have to remember there are statistics where it's like. Most gun accidents happen with kids who have a gun in the household. So it's yeah. like, it's definitely, I guess, a comment on that. But the way it's played for comedy, it's like cringy and shocking all at the same time. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I know there was like some roundabout way they filmed it because I don't think Robert Rodriguez wanted to traumatize his son by having him shoot himself in the face. So they did it in a really strange way. I don't, I don't know how they did it. Maybe he wasn't on set, but then they um, they uh, they worked around it to where his son never got to see that his character dies. his face off. <laughs> I would assume that that never happened. I was like, I bet he just like came in for a couple of scenes and then was like, whatever, yeah. like I'm done. Okay. Fully dead in home. the movie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait, we haven't talked about some of my favorite characters. The crazy babysitter twins. Oh my God. I don't like them. What? <laughs> you know, they are literally Robert Rodriguez's nieces that he let be in this movie. God, he cast his whole family in here. He did. It's a family affair. But they were so ridiculous. They're like these like I don't know why why they were in this, but they were fucking re- over the top and just like so mean, ridiculous, mean brats. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, is this something that happens in exploitation films where like incidents just occur, like <laughs> with know. random it, characters? <laughs> it is really funny that 
amidst all this pandemonium and outbreak <laughs> that these girls attack her in their car in the car with these shovels with cause... shovels and like <laughs> jumping on the car when it's like going full speed it's like what it's, is it's, oh going my, she, on like, face plants off the car it's so funny <laughs> I'm like, wait, did they turn into sickos? And then I'm like, no. No, they're just just nuts. Crazy. (laughs) They're just crazy. Oh my God, so dumb. Um, But then we get uh, the the connection with Earl McGraw where we find out that he is Dr. Block's father. I know. But you know what? Expanding. I watched the movies out of order. So I watched Death Proof first. So I. Spoiled. It spoiled it. There was no reveal for me. But oh yeah, I will say this is a new inventive way to get away from a killer or the movie monster. When she finds out that, well, when she hears the gunshot and she goes turn around, one of the sickos grabs a hold of her hair and she oh yeah rips. Was it? She is that doctor? Doctor Block? Yeah, her husband. Her husband. Yes, he grabs her by her hair and And she she rips it. I'm like that is one way to get away. Yeah, I mean, she said, "I'm getting away." God damn it! A piece of her scalp is hanging. Yeah, literally. I know we never see (laughs) the damage and stuff, but he like rips out a huge clump of her hair. Yeah, they should have shown the back of her head. It's just bald. bald. (laughs) I know. I'm like, God, they they couldn't make her look any worse. Like between her wrists and her (laughs) tooth gone, and then now a patch of her hair. They probably were just. They're just probably being kind to her. <laughs> and now her makeup is smeared. I mean, yeah, her makeup smeared. She's wet. She's a mess. I'm wet it's too. Probably... <laughs> oh my! It's probably really fun to do that though. I love her. Her tooth is gone. <laughs> I know. They're like, hey, look at that. <laughs> You're yeah, missing a like, tooth too. He, yeah, he's like, I lost my tooth. And he's like, you lost a tooth too. We're toothless buddies. And she's <laughs> like, what? And she like looks in the mirror and her, her tooth is gone. <laughs> oh my god! So crazy. Wait, is Ramona Dr. Earl McGriff? McGraw's wife? I have a thing in here that says Ramona. I said, is Ramona played by Vera Farmiga or Bonnie Aarons? (laughs) Oh, the... I'm sure Ramona is probably the wife. Yeah. She's like Lynn Shay to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like if Lynn Shay and Vera Farmiga had a baby. Yeah, so Bonnie Aarons with old (laughs) prosthetic... Should we move on? Let's do it. Ray and Cherry meet up with Sheriff Haig at JT's restaurant with other survivors from the town where the sheriff makes them deputies, and they make their way up a hill to JT's. When they get there, they see JT lying on the floor behind the counter, allegedly with his intestines ripped out. I was like, no, daddy! Upon further inspection, though, it turns out JT was merely unconscious with some barbecued sausages on his stomach, having killed all the sickos by shooting them in the head. Afterward, JT shows the group some of his escape vehicles, one of which is a chopper motorcycle, while the other is a cut-and-chopped 1950s convertible automobile. Sheriff Hay continues to ask Ray who he really is, but Ray refuses to answer. Cherry and Ray discuss their previous relationship in JT's bedroom, We learn that Cherry left Ray because he couldn't commit. Ray has Cherry look in the pocket of his coat that she took when she left. She finds an engagement ring. They have sex. (laughs) Thank you, Wednesday Adams. (laughs) Yeah. They had sex. sex. (laughs) 
What happens after this is unclear to us due to a missing reel, which causes the film to stop abruptly and melt on screen. The theater apologizes for the inconvenience. <laughs> so, so clever. So good. Right when they were going to show her boobs. <laughs> she was like, no. no. Actually, I heard that Rose McGowan destroyed the footage, and that's why we don't have it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> When we do get back to the movie, some 20 minutes of the story have passed. JT's diner is engulfed in flames, besieged by dozens of sickos. A wounded Sheriff Haig is brought inside after he was accidentally shot in the neck by Tolo. More survivors have shown up at JT's place. The babysitter twins, Sherry's boss Skip, Dakota, Earl, and several other people. Also, Ray has evidently told Haig who he really is, with both men hinting at some important dialogue that we would have heard if not for the missing reel. That Rose destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think that's so funny, though. Like, it's really there's funny. the big reveal, and we never know what it is. <laughs> never know what it is. I think that he's El Ray, that he hides criminals. That's right. There we go. Haig gives his pistol to Ray, whom he now calls El Ray. Tolo is against it, but Haig wants Ray to have all the guns. Ray spins his pistols and becomes the leader of the group. Then Tolo is ripped apart and eaten by the sickos who break into the restaurant. The survivors, Ray, JT, the wounded Haig, and the remaining survivors go outside and see that they are surrounded by the sickos. They unload all their pistols and rifles into them, killing several sickos. (laughs) (laughs) But more and more keep on coming. They retreat back inside the burning building and Ray says that someone needs to retrieve his truck so they can leave. Cherry volunteers and hobbles out as Ray covers her by firing an assault rifle at the dozens of sickos outside. Cherry drives Ray's truck into the restaurant and Haggett gets into the driver's seat. The others pile into the back while Skip gets into JT's roofless convertible along with the babysitter twins and Dakota. Cherry rides the motorcycle and Earl stays behind to provide cover for their escape. After they break through the sickos, the survivors stop at Dakota's car and pull out a mini bike. They grab it from the trunk. Dakota rides on the large motorcycle with Sherry as Ray leads the way on the tiny vehicle. They shoot more sickos on the road while Haig runs them over with the truck. JT's dog unfortunately <laughs> jumps out of the truck and is run over as well. <laughs> Why? I know, but it's it's kind of funny. Don't I'm say really, that. It's like, <laughs> it just explodes blood all over them. He jumps out and just explodes. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. I don't know why. It's awful. It's, it's so supposed sad. to be funny. It's but it is very funny, funny to me. Mm, okay. I know. Poor, poor Rusty. Near the military base, they are blocked by a wall of sicko zombies on a bridge, which are killed by a bunch of soldiers coming up from behind. It's Muldoon and his men. Muldoon knows who Ray is and has his men knock him out. When Ray wakes up, he finds himself locked up with other survivors in the military base. Abby's there as well. We find out El Ray is actually a war veteran. The soldiers take survivors as prisoners. Abby reveals to Ray and the others that he is the scientist and businessman who sold the virus DC2 to the soldiers. They are infected, but can use the gas itself to control the symptoms. Two of the militants, one of them played by lecherous Quentin Tarantino, grab Sherry and Dakota. Ray... Sherry. (laughs) I was like, who's Sherry? (laughs) Sherry Pie. Sherry Pie. (laughs) Speaking of lecherous, 
Yeah. <laughs> Ray tries to help, but is beaten up. On the elevator ride down, the lecherous soldier stops the elevator and takes off his gas mask. He threatens Cherry with his pistol while his face starts to boil. The other military guy tells him to put his mask back on, and when he does, his face becomes normal again. Back in the cell, JT rambles on about the barbecue sauce recipe to distract the guard's attention. El Rey, JT, and a sax-playing prisoner playing the movie's theme song, overpower the guards, but JT is shot. No! no! First his dog, and now this. Uh, Ugh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. <laughs> El Rey and Abby break out and find Lieutenant Muldoon, who explains what is actually happening. Lieutenant Muldoon and his soldiers were in Afghanistan. They'd accidentally found and killed Osama bin Laden. But this was against America's interest, so instead of medals, they got gassed with DC-2, a chemical weapon designed to wipe out entire cities. He figured that the best way to find a cure was to gas a whole town, then take the survivors to extract a cure from them. While he talks, he has not been wearing his gas mask, so he swells and blisters, and finally is shot and killed by El Rey. Meanwhile, the rapist soldier... Wow, they're dragging him. (laughs) (laughs) They do not like this character. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rapist soldier tells Cherry to dance on her wooden leg and takes off his gas mask. While she dances, Cherry hits him in the head with her wooden leg, splintering it to a sharp point, which she then stabs his eye with. Furious, he drops his pants, and we see his crotch turn to mush and melt away. Cherry is horrified and backs away. Dakota, finally getting some feeling back into her hands, shoots a dart-like needle in his other eye. Abby and El Rey arrive and shoot the rapist and his partner. They all go back to fetch the others. Sheriff Haig and JT are both near death from their gunshot wounds, so they are left behind in control of a bomb. El Rey sticks a specially crafted, custom-made M4A1 carbine assault rifle, an M203 (laughs) grenade launcher, into Cherry's stump of a leg. (laughs) (laughs) She uses it to open the door to the command center, shooting a grenade through the therapist. I give up. I never. <laughs> Not through the therapist. <laughs> oh, I need one. I need one. I need a therapist to get through this. <laughs> oh my god. That is so funny. You can totally tell when we haven't not written the synopsis. This is (laughs) not our voice. Okay. (laughs) She shoots a grenade through the rapist, whose condition has worsened severely. She shoots all the men in the command center with the rifle. The survivors force their way through the dying soldiers to a couple of helicopters using Cherry's new leg and their own guns. The fatally wounded JT and Sheriff Haig volunteer to stay behind and blow up the stash of DC-2 canisters with a remote control detonator that El Rey gives to JT. After the survivors file out of the building and engage in a gunfight with the soldiers outside, whom are starting to transform into sickos, JT finally tells Haig the secret to his rib recipe. Canned tomatoes. (laughs) 
Then he blows up the military base, and they too become canned tomatoes. <laughs> Storming the helicopters, Abby gets killed, and Dakota is attacked by Dr. Block in a zombie state. Her father, Earl McGraw, suddenly appears and kills him. During the final battle, Cherry launches herself off the ground with her grenade launcher and blows up a bunch of sickos mid-air. When she lands, she spins around and blasts them away. The survivors make it behind the walls and fight the sickos. All looks well and Cherry watches the base burn, but doesn't notice a sicko soldier behind her. Ray and the soldier unload into each other and Cherry runs to the dying Ray. Ooh, they unload into each other? Ooh. I know. Ooh. Ooh. Everyone gets into the helicopter as Skip flies it, but not before he cuts through a group of sickos with the helicopter's rotary blades. The crazy babysitter twins laugh with glee over the bloodbath and enjoy taking pot shots themselves at the sickos on the ground, while one gets into the co-pilot seat and turns on the helicopter's windshield wipers to wash the blood splattered on the front windows. El Ray tells Cherry to go to the ocean, turn her back to the sea, and fight. Cherry pleads with him, asking him not to forget his promise of two against the world. He says that the promise is still good, as he has made her pregnant. I told you, <laughs> I never miss. Lol. Oh my god. Ray dies, and Cherry grabs onto a lowered rope from the helicopter as it flies away. Cut to Mexico one year later. Cherry tells us via voiceover that she's found other survivors and that they took Ray's advice and settled down near the ocean in a remote part of Mexico. On the beach, Skip is enjoying this new lifestyle with the crazy babysitter twins by his side with several armed survivors, including Dakota, patrolling the area for sickos. A sicko pops out to attack a small child in the crowd of survivors when Cherry blasts him away with her new chain machine gun attached to her leg. The final shot shows Cherry and her baby daughter, the product from her brief period of sex with El Rey, being happy. Two against the world. The end. This section starts off with that um, amazing sex scene. (laughs) It's so funny. I love that they cut to it. What I don't love is that they should have just cut to, like, the end of their sex so that Mm. we could have gotten a little more story. I'm like, how did the... The restaurant go up in flames. What's going on? <laughs> That's kind of funny, though. It's like the missing reel happens, and all of a sudden, bah! It's like the place is on fire, Chaos. and all hell's all hell is broken loose. And you're like, oh my god, what happened? What have we missed? I think that's part of the charm of that of that moment. Um, yeah, it's very fun. I, I remember again the guy, the men in my theater going, "Oh man!" when the when the thing cut out. I was like, "Oh Ew, my god!" As shut if. up. Yeah. <laughs> you guys Whatever. are disgusting. Never seen a pair of tits before. Here, mine. No, I'm just yeah. You've never watched Scream. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I know her hard nips in that movie. So, um, so now full chaos has has broken loose. All of our our characters are now in one place, and there's one character I have to call out because I think that her arc throughout this is very ridiculous and funny. Is that attractive female police officer who throughout the film <laughs> just loses more and more clothes? At first, she's like fully like long sleeves, you know, long pants, whatever. 
At this point, she's literally cut off sleeves, midriff top, little shorts. Like every scene that she's in, she's losing clothes. And I think that's, <laughs> it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's kind of funny. I don't think I even noticed that. Really? Oh my gosh. Just every scene this woman's in, she has less clothes on until she's oh just literally God. in like a crop top and booty shorts fighting these zombies. <laughs> I love that. I honestly, if they ever put me in a movie, I want that to happen to me. Oh, me too. Yeah, Where it just hello. gets sexier with every scene, every reel. Oh my gosh, what a flattering uh, casting choice. It'd be like, oh my god, yes, I will be that person for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Give me naked. Yes. Oh my and god. We all, we, and we also lose Tolo in this scene. What a bummer. He just gets I weird. know. But I love that, you know, uh, Haig comes in from whatever happened outside and is now bleeding yeah. from the neck because Tolo shot him in the neck. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> of all people, fucking Tolo. I know. I always feel like um, Tom Savini's characters are just getting torn up in these movies. I know. They are. And, he, and you know he probably contributed to this effect. And this one, they literally, we literally see him just all four limbs just kind of like ripped apart. And he like kind of breaks apart from the middle of his body it's kind of it's it's really gruesome he always gets the cool deaths except that yeah. rat monster and i still don't understand that but oh me neither. i love this yeah i also love that in juxtaposition with all the carnage we're still getting more story with cherry and ray yeah Wait, it's that they the that engagement he was gonna pro- ring yeah he was gonna propose to her and she took the jacket and he looked for it for two weeks uh Oh my it. god, drama. I, I can't believe she never found the ring in that jacket. Yeah, what the hell? And sold it. She's an <laughs> idiot. Yeah, exactly. And pawned she's like, it. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I saw that shit and I got $200 for it. Yeah, that's what's funding my comedy tour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do, you, what do you think about these new breasts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like seeing JT um, pretending to be dead or doing anything oh like god. that. I really, I think I, I think he's love. one of my favorite characters. I think I'm in love. I know I he's definitely one of my favorite characters too. I think I literally wrote in my notes. I love JT. He's just such. He's also a hero in this, which I really like. Um, and he just wants to be the best at the barbecue, and you know, mad respect. Yeah, and let's just talk about this now. The only thing that Sheriff Haig was missing was the canned tomatoes. Yeah, well, blood, apparently. It was like blood. And blood. Blood. Canned tomatoes and the temperature for which he started it. He said it was at 250 degrees. And he's like, I knew it. And he was like, 12 pounds. He's all 12 hours for 12 pounds. And he's like, ah. Oh. And I like that. I know. Uh, who knows? <laughs> who knows if this is, you know, actually how to make the best barbecue. But according to JT in the Bone Shack, that's the way. So El Rey has to be sort of like this rumored, amazing war veteran because it goes from not them not them not wanting him to have any guns to give him all the guns. Yeah, he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't know who you were, and he's like, it's okay, kind of need to know basis. It's like, what does that even mean? Who are you? I know. I'm like. We never get a clear answer. I'm like, is he some sort of like secret agent or like he's like some sort of mysterious kind of superhero or something? Who knows? Do you think he's part of the Deadly Viper Assassination Squad? <gasps> oh my god, yes. Codename Trouser Snake. <laughs> he might be Garden Snake. He's little. 
these garden snake. Yeah, gopher snake. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so then we get speaking of heroes, you know, Cherry. She again, she really proves herself here. You know, um, Ray tries to get uh, what's his name, the strip club owner, Stan. Skip. Steve? Skip. Skip. Crazy PC. <laughs> yes. Yes. He, try, he tries to get Skip to go out there and get his his truck, and he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And Cherry's like, Do you know what? It's my turn. She's like, You know what? It's go go, not cry cry. And she gets out there and she she gets her hands dirty and runs out there with her little I pig leg. And he's like protecting her. I was like, she is such an inspiration. She has so many great moments in this final section of the movie. Like yeah. flying through the air with a gun attached to her leg. Like oh, she yeah. just looks so badass. And yeah, never I a just, hair out of place. Not a never, hair out of makeup place. Makeup is perfect. Makeup is perfect. Meanwhile, Marley's melting. <laughs> yeah. She's like, wait, why can't I look like that by the, the end of the cherry movie? cherry nothing, yeah. She's like, I lost a leg. What more do you want? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least you have a leg. Yeah. She must have really good makeup or a good, really good setting spray or something. Yeah, yes, probably. Yeah, it's like the new, like, MAC setting spray. It's, like, really good. Yeah, because she's a stripper. And uh, Dakota's a nurse or a doctor. She's I mean, a doctor. Oops. Excuse me? You don't think that Del- women can be doctors? Delete that. <laughs> <laughs> she's a doctor. She probably, she's not buying good makeup. She's not up with the trends. Okay, yeah, I know. She hasn't bought the waterproof mascara. because yeah. <laughs> It's all down her face. <laughs> There's um, a lot of so- action in this, and I... Oh, yeah. I really do appreciate how just over the top it is. It does start to feel a little dust till dawnish. Just a lot of chaos. It's never organized with Robert. Yeah. It's always just this is pure chaos. Mayhem Miller. Yes, yes, exactly. Especially this like car moment. They're all in the cars and they're just like going in. But I do like that every time they run into one of these bodies, they just explode like they're just like a yes. trash bag full of blood. Like it's yeah. just, boom, just like like a wave of blood flies everywhere. <laughs> it's like one little cra- tap and they've combust. Yes, and like the babysitter twins are just constantly being splattered with blood. <laughs> and they're all ah! just screaming. Like, I know. Screaming. That would be us. That would be us. We would be the, the babysitter <laughs> twins. I love when she gets that gun. She's like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> 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 they're so crazy. And then, yeah, so like and this is when we lose the dog. The dog also explodes. <laughs> but it's funny. Oh, I know. In a sad way. It's a funny in a sad way. Sad in a funny f- way. It's know. also... Don't. You're making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that they have El Rey on this, like, toy motorcycle. Oh, I know. Just his little legs. Just, I like... know. I was like, do you think that he looks too small on a regular size motorcycle? So they were like, but you'll oh, look my bigger God. if you ride this. A tricycle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this Barbie motorcycle that we have. Yeah. Barbie's oh, dream bike. <laughs> I'm, oh my god, he's so short, but he's probably my height, to be honest. <laughs> I know. He throws, you look up his thing, it's like 5'11. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> he, might, he might actually be taller than me. Let's see. Hey. Freddy Rodriguez's height is. Oh, he's actually shorter than me. He's 5'6, and I'm 5'7. Booyah! You're 5'7? I'm five seven and a half. Okay. Well, I think you have a really big personality then, because for you seem much taller than that. Oh, thank you. I know. I would I have am... guessed you were like five nine. 
Like Cindy oh, Crawford. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm constantly wearing my stilettos. <laughs> yeah, right. Those big, ginormous boots. Yeah. My good pumps that I wear. Yeah. Um, your fuck me pumps. Yeah, my clickety clacks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's actually a little shorter than me. Oh, but do you know what? That's inspirational. The short guys can be action heroes too. It's not just Tom Cruise. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're gonna be one. You shut up, bitch. Yeah, you can be short, but you can't be gay. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you can't be both. You can't be both short, gay, and a superhero and an action mm-hmm. hero. You're out of your mind. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. What's next? Yeah. So then, we, so then we. <laughs> So then we get, we get Quentin. Quentin, I swear, he gets off on playing these rapey parts. He loves it. I don't know. There's something about him and Rob Zombie, which we talked about because of the trailers in between the movies, where they are really into some sadistic shit and they play it off like it's just a character in a movie. But I don't buy that for a fucking second. I think he's living out his extreme fantasy in this. All right. I mean, it's possible, but I mean, he's very disgusting in this, and he—he's gross. I do like his little speech, though. This feels so so Tarantino. You know that like he helped. He actually did help Robert write the script, and Robert said that he like literally moved into Quentin Tarantino's guest room in his house while he wrote the script, so they can, you know, powwow and go back and forth. And mm. this scene feels like straight up Quentin dialogue, with like the thing about the bullet and you know you look like Ava Gardner and you know but the guns are simplicity in its finest and you know I point this here and I shoot I pull the trigger and then you don't look like Ava Gardner no more like that whole speech feels very Quentin like he's like I'll just write my own scene I'll write my own scene yeah Oh, I got this part. I got this part. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got this, Robert. I, I got this. Um, oh, that makes sense with my note because I kind of forgot that he said that to her because I was like, Cherry looks like Ava Gardner and Ava Gardner is Mary Elizabeth Winstead's aunt. Ooh, who knew? And so I was like, is that why she's in Death Proof? <laughs> <gasps> oh my God. Maybe. Does he have a thing for Ava? I do. Yeah, she's gorgeous. She's gorge. I saw this really hilarious video of her acting in this movie <laughs> where she was so dramatic and she like, <laughs> it was like the most ridiculous performance I've ever seen. But you know what? Back then, I'm sure that was, she was just going oh, for it. <laughs> the audience was into it. Oh, they're like, oh my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but then we have a really nice scene between Dakota and Cherry here where we kind of get them connecting um, I really like this one where they talk about the useless talents and yes. um, Dakota's kind of re- referencing Miss Tammy who died earlier played by Fergie yeah. where she's like I had a girlfriend once who used to tell me that um, what did she say like you'll she all of a sudden turns into Confucius like oh, yeah. spreading words of wisdom yeah um, you know you find a use for every useless talent you ever had like connecting the dots and yeah she's like all sprouting all this wisdom from her trauma i guess and then um, exactly but then they they really got each other's backs you know uh this evil man comes after them and you know tries to make and humiliate cherry and make her dance because she's a stripper and then wants to you know do naughty things to her and she she fucks him up first she breaks that thing over his face and stabs him in the eye and then this then Miss Dakota comes in with the assist with her gun, with her little syringe gun. She'll poof, poof, and shoots him right in the eyes. So I love it. It was like, yes, girls, you better have each other. I love back. it. It's, 
it's empowering, especially for this time in the media, this time in film, yeah. considering the nasty ass fucking warthogs that produced the movie. You yep. know, it's nice to see this. They're reclaiming. They are taking down the man. That's right, and they do. And this man and is looking disgusting. Hot and his, doing it. Uh, hell yeah, they look hot. Um, she looks great when she gets her wrist back. She's cleaned up her eye makeup a little bit. And um, yeah, Marley's back in action. And uh, Quentin Tarantino literally looks like a bag of sausages. Yeah, so. and his, speaking of sausage, his sausage melts away. Ugh. That is so nasty. Seeing it's it so just gross. melt off and you're like, looking at it from the back. I'm like, I'm like oh my God. I was like, wait. I was like, if he uses the gas, will his wiener come back? <laughs> It'll know. pop back out like a, a lizard head when you chop oh it God. and they can grow a new head. Um, oh, no, that's not at their head. That's their tail. Um, okay. I will say that I do appreciate that Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino will punish men in their movies. I love that. Yeah. They always make women the heroes and they always make men the... The dogs. The, the dogs that deserved to be punished. And they never yeah. hold back. Yeah, which I like, yeah. The, the women get their revenge. Even though they're treated terribly, they do at least get some justice, which is nice. Yeah, it's always nice to see that. So then we um, we get this like big escape that happens. A lot of action, lot, lots going on. We get the death of JT and, and Haig, who you know we kind of talked about earlier. Um, yeah. It's really sad, but you know, they die heroes too. JT gets shot, you know... Try, sacrificing himself so the rest can survive and um, that's a beautiful thing. I do love though that by the time Haig actually gets the recipe that he's been longing for it's uh, too late. Yeah and they take that recipe to their grave. Oh, That's so sad. And then Abby dies too. Gets his head blown off. Um, <laughs> who was like you know supposed to be the big you know rescuer of humanity with his antidote and then his head gets blown off and then <laughs> fucking cherries all yeah. I don't suppose there are any other biochemical engineers around <laughs> <laughs> I know and it's funny to me because I almost like when the movie starts I'm like Abby's the villain and then yeah. he's sort of then not he, the villain but then I'm the like villain. I'm still confused I'm like is he like, the villain like is who's the villain I think I mean, it's like a commentary on... Well, I mean, he really fucked over the the entire human race when right. he shot the, the gas out. Like, exactly. I don't have any sympathy for him dying. He should... No. I just wish he would have found the cure first and then died. Because he fucked over a lot of people. And a dog. Yeah, he did. And a dog! Which is the yeah. biggest loss of the film. Right. And then we get this amazing, amazing... <laughs> moment with Miss Cherry where she where she blows all these sickos away it's, it's all it's like what this whole movie has been leading up to and the advertising like everybody oh, was like this is the moment this was the she, moment that everybody came to see yeah she's like doing backbend she's using her useless talents like she you know she shows Dakota that backbend she's like this is a useless talent number whatever whatever <laughs> yeah. and then she ends up getting to use it when she avoids a rocket launcher being shot at her but I love that they play like the sound effect of like crunching bones. Oh yeah, when she does it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, is that supposed to be the wood on her leg or is that her yeah. back? 
<laughs> it was just her back picking up in the boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And then um then Ray dies. Ray gets shot up and it's an emotional moment. This is sad. This is almost like a Romeo and Juliet moment. But we then I we know. get this the nice thing about him dying where he died is that Cherry then gets to like hold on to the helicopter and as oh, it flies yeah. away, we get that really beautiful shot of her just like Yeah, she's like floating away. the helicopter. Yeah. With just such it. strength and Oh yeah, um, literal strength because Jesus Christ! That she's, she's not only is she carrying her own body weight, she also has a giant ass gun attached to her leg. Yeah, so, which you she, don't weighs more than her actual leg did. Yeah, but she she pole dances for a living, so she's got upper body strength. That's true. There's a lot of strength in that. Yeah, I would love to pole dance and get work on my core. Me too. Oh, we also forgot Dakota got a little justice when her crazy ass husband came for her one more time, and then gets blown away by her dad. I know. What do you say? I never liked that asshole. Yeah, he's about as useless as a pope on a pecker. <laughs> oh, a pecker on a pope. A pecker I on thought a, that was a so... A pope on a pecker. A pope on a pecker. I'm dead. as useless as Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. I thought that was so funny and so clever. I know. I wish she would have done it, but it's fine. Uh, okay. she, deser- she deserved to fuck him up. I know that that I don't like. See, then then here we go. I love when the women get their justice, but I like when they actually yeah. are the ones to finish it. But I guess it like it like leads to a reconciliation between her and her father, who seem to hate each other for us. We have unknown reasons because yeah. she's a lesbian and he's a close-minded oh, fool. I bet that's oh, what it is because oh, he sure. says some foul shit in the other movies. Yeah, he's like <laughs> obviously leans to one side of you know the spectrum of right you know h- human rights issues i'm sure so um <laughs> we can only imagine um yeah. yeah and we have some other amazing moments like the helicopter chopping up these these zombies and everything it's a lot of fun i really like this whole ending that's that was a cool moment too yeah, yeah. and just cherry flying through the air yeah. spinning around it's like it's so this part obviously was yeah. like what excited them the most. It feels For that sure. way. Yeah. And then we get this little epilogue where they end up in Mexico. Cherry's got a even more upgraded weapon. She upgraded that leg weapon. They're all living on the beach by the pyramids. And I was like, oh God, I hope this isn't the pyramid from, from Dust Till Dawn. That would be inconvenient. It probably is. Probably. <laughs> and that, I love that shot though of Dakota on the beach in her bikini top and the giant gun <laughs> and her sarong. I, I know. Like, I was like, they yeah. love images like that. They do. Like, like it's, sexy yeah, like, expl- women with like yes. explosive weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's like the juxtaposition of like, yeah, like a sexy beauty and then like masculine. But I think that's why we are Power. drawn to things like this is because images like that really turn us on. Like, they do. Just, badass broads just like with like killer yeah. instinct and hell yeah and absolutely all <laughs> right and then oh yeah and then she has a baby she was pregnant they had sex one time and she got <laughs> pregnant i love when he's like he like touches her stomach he's like like he knows she's pregnant when they had sex literally that's what i was wondering an hour ago i mean i think I'm it's like, supposed to be stupid he can already feel his sperm baking in her womb well he said he never misses was that the first time they ever had sex 
I guess that's probably the only time we saw it, but maybe they were fucking like before. But maybe maybe they used condoms before, but now is the one time maybe. she gets pregnant. Of course. Conveniently. Conveniently, yeah. <laughs> okay, well what are your final thoughts on this? All right. Well, I obviously love this movie a lot. Um, of the two, I would pick. Uh, okay. Well, we'll we'll get into that later. Um, I think this movie is so over the top, so exciting, so much good action. I like the ensemble characters. Everybody in it, I think, is fantastic. I think Rose. I think Marley. I think Freddie, uh. um, Jeff. Everybody. Everybody in this is just like so game for whatever is happening they're so down for it all and it just is so much fun so for me this movie is a five out of five it's just probably my favorite of like the i don't want to say zombies because they're like i guess they're zombies but i would chemical warfare sure infected zombie type movies this is my favorite of all time i love oh uh, wow okay i would say that i I really five like this five, movie. Sorry. Yeah, oh, no, you said that. Okay. Um, calm down, sweetie. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I would say I would agree. I think the ensemble in this movie is fantastic. I think Robert Rodriguez's vision is always like cutting edge. It's always great. Yeah. I just think that there might be far too many ideas in the amount mm. of time that we get. Sure. Um, so it's just a little, sometimes I'm just like, whoa, 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 what's going on? Where do I look? Which is fine. I think that's his style and I think he owns it on it. But for me, it doesn't always work. But I think here it, it works just fine. Um, it just feels a little messy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I knew what you were going to say, but you were going to say out of the two, you prefer this one. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. I prefer Death Proof. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Well, well but, since we are so, doing our oh wait, give me your number. How, what, out okay. Of five. So for this one, I would give a four out of five. Okay. All righty. All righty. Not bad, I would say. Oh no, what happened? Uh, <gasps> this is so crazy. What are we going to do? I don't know. I think we're going to have to continue this next week. Uh, all right. Well, to be continued, part two of our double feature on Grindhouse. Sweet screams, bitch. Bye. Also, follow us on Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. Leave us an Apple Podcast review. Five out of five stars, of course. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can rate us on there as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now it's actually Sweet Screams, bitch. See you next week for part two. Bye.